I want to welcome you to a special edition of the Darren Sargent Leadership Podcast. In this episode, I am interviewing Myra Martinez. Now, some of you may not be familiar with her, but after this episode, you are going to be. If you're listening to this and you want to see the actual interview, we do have it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash at Darren Sargent Leadership. While you're there, make sure to subscribe. But let me tell you, you need to at least, at the very least, listen to this interview. In fact, this is only part one of a two-part interview about overcoming with Myra Martinez. This was just a special episode, I promise you. Both of these, both of these parts are going to be worth watching, worth listening to. So this is just introducing it. The audio quality will be a little different because we filmed it on Zoom. So listen in. Enjoy. Thanks for tuning in. God bless. Let's get started. It is so awesome to have one of the most inspiring, encouraging people on my podcast today, Sister Myra Martinez, or Myra Martinez, as we all know her. But in my life, she's Sister Myra Martinez because she and her husband in 2012 came to Escondido, where my wife and I were pastoring the Point Church. They had come from one of my dear friends, Brother Chester Mitchell's church in the Ashburn, Virginia area. And they landed in Escondido, started attending our church. And as a result, they had been the Spanish pastor of the church in Ashburn, and uh, they just kind of carried that calling with them to Escondido, which I'm so, so glad they did. And we launched uh, a Spanish church in Escondido, and God just did some great things. And But that's just a small portion of the story. Uh, Wilson and Myra Martinez quickly became great friends and great leaders. They're tr tremendous leaders, both of them. And um, when they showed up, I was a little, uh, how do I put this, Myra? I was a little, uh, I wanted to pinch myself to see if you guys were really real. Does that make sense? Well, we were real, I promise you. Because <laughs> I'm like, okay. okay, most move-ins aren't like of the, this caliber. So uh, it was it was a blessing to to my wife and I and our church there in Escondido. And But as I mentioned, this is just a small part of the story. And so before we get into that, I wanted to just give you an opportunity to, to speak a little bit. Maybe you can you can tell your story of coming to the Point Church in, in a few moments uh, or do whatever you want to do. I don't care. It's, you can speak however you want. You can speak in Spanish. I don't care. <laughs> it might come out. Be careful what you say for. <laughs> Ask for. <laughs> oh, it's great. But sure, let me tell you a little bit about that actually, because a lot of people. Well, first of all, thank you, thank you very much for for having me, for allowing me to come onto this podcast. I get to be a listener, and now I get to actually listen my own voice on the podcast later on. I'm excited about that. Overall, we are just beyond so grateful that God brought us to not only just California, but specifically to the point where we had an incredible pastor in Virginia and we came to a place where we believe that God completely elevated us 
even further uh, in so many different areas of our lives. Uh, so during this whole conversation, you'll hear me say pastor, you'll hear me say Darren, because we <laughs> really did become overall in this last 10 years that we've known each other, it's 11 now, um, we've become not only from a spiritual standpoint, you're my spiritual father, but also you're my life coach. You are the person I call for every and any decision I need to make today. How much, how much do I need to write that check for? That, for what yeah. you said? What do I need to put? <laughs> Darn it, I am being recorded. I better watch what I say. <laughs> All this will be used against you in a court of law. Seriously. <laughs> Good, Pastor. Thank you very much. I really do appreciate the fact that you have been part of what I consider a huge chunk of the journey of the Martinez to where we are today. And literally, I don't know that I would even be here today to be able to tell this story if it wouldn't have been a lot because of those prayers for you and the whole entire congregation. And, and let me just dive into that really quickly. When we got here, we really believed early on that God was bringing here, bringing us here for a greater reason than just a sure. job. And a lot of people really thought it was a job that brought us here. And uh, so because of that, we convinced ourselves, let's just take a couple of just months off and we're just going to relax and not really do ministry. <laughs> yeah, that lasted about maybe three yeah. weeks before we said, yeah, when, when you, 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 can't, you can't get away from it. That's right. And, and we're very grateful for that. For the opportunity for that too. Well, as I mentioned, it was such a blessing to have have you guys show up, and uh, we quickly linked arms and began to do the work of God. You were you were there with us through the transition of the cell of the old building through the year in a school auditorium to finally the finished product uh, that God opened up, and that's another story all in itself. How God opened that building up and that situation, but. Um, in the middle of all this, as the church began to function, as you and your past, you and your husband began to pastor the church that was started, there came a moment where your health took a major uh, downward spiral, and I remember very vividly uh, one day when you were in the hospital, and you can kind of go through the story of how you want to tell it, but. I remember very vividly your husband basically looking at me and said, okay, what's our next steps in planning her funeral? Because it was that serious. And uh, I'm not even trying to say the name of the disease that has attacked your body over the last several years. I'll leave that to you because I mess it up every time and I end up calling it something like a popsicle or something like that. <laughs> Definitely not that. So talk a little bit about leading, maybe leading up to that. And that moment uh, where this disease attacked you and some of the aftermath, I'm going to let you kind of take it from here. I may interject a little bit as we yeah. talk about this, because let me just say this. So often success really only comes from struggle. Oh, and unfortunately, we don't like that. We don't care for that. Uh, we want the easy path. But unfortunately, I'm living proof that the successes that I've endured or that I've experienced has come from the struggles that I've had to endure. So let's dive into this subject a little bit, because I think there's something here that everyone can, can benefit from. Absolutely. 
It's really tough because in order for me to get to that point, I feel like you really need to understand the fact that I truly believe that I have infallible proof that God has always, always prepared my life, my whole entire, what I will call my sheet of life, which is my resume. It, he's always looked out for me to have 1000% joy in my life, regardless of what I'm going through. And leading up to being extremely ill, first, you need to know that I grew up in El Salvador in the middle of struggle, in the middle of complete chaos. But prior to my arrival, I had actually organized a lot of that chaos in my own home. I was actually born into a home where my father had previously been an alcoholic and he was a person who did not believe in God. My whole entire family was just in complete chaos from day to day, my father being present, from the constant blow-ups, from life, from conflict, you name it, there was consistent chaos. And God had organized absolutely everything for my arrival so that my father would actually be emotionally and physically available for my arrival. And I mentioned all this prior to the story that you're wanting sure, me to tell, sure. because I think that it is so critical Absolutely. to understand that I had my whole entire life, God had prepared me mentally to be able to experience this humongous monster that was about to unravel into our lives. So in 2018, I started experiencing horrific pain in my body, everything from a pain uh, that would start from a slight discomfort in my belly to uh, my belly growing and sounding like I had monsters living inside my stomach and actually harassing me internally and trying to like crawl out, it seemed like. Mm. It, that's what it sounded like. And my husband says I would shake consistently. No medication would take the pain away. I ended up one day in hospital and I, in, um, in ER with them trying to identify what was going on in my, in my belly. They thought it was just an obstruction. They thought that they were going to do surgery and that I was going to be perfectly fine. Well, they came empty handed after the, all the exams. They were like, we can't find anything. That was the beginning of brace yourself because something new just coming. I was in the hospital for seven days. I got shunned for, um, my eating habits. I had recently a year prior declared myself, uh, not only vegetarian, but went from vegetarian only four months being vegetarian to the remainder eight months of being vegan because I convinced myself that if I ate healthier, wow. my body was actually going to start calming down and I was going to be perfectly fine. I was experiencing all sorts of things from constant migraines, back pain, the consistency of feeling foreign to my own body was yeah. there. So I was desperate for anything. And in my power, I thought, let me do what I can do, what I can sure. control. So I started controlling food, exercise, things that were possibly, possibly good for my body, but they didn't really take the, the pain away. Fast forward to while I'm in the hospital and being told that my body is just rebelling against me and they can't figure out what is going on with me. 
um, they land on you need back surgery. You need to have an L5 infusion. Had it done four months uh, into it. I, I, re I remember this. I, I remember this. Like you're lay, laying it out like it was in my memory. It's just, it was unbelievable what you were going through. And you're probably watching me fade completely. You went, you went from a very vibrant, healthy individual to, to, you know, bones. I mean, literally in front of our eyes. Literally, it was like someone was chiseling away my body. And people tell me now when they, when they see me, you look back to, to your normal self, they can't believe where I am currently today. But ooh, like you said, you have to work so hard. Both of, both you and I come from a place of disadvantage where we've had to work yeah. our complete existence to where we are today. It's, yeah. it's taken everything to rebuild. But to go back to that, so I had the surgery. The surgery was really, really bad to, to recover. People that have had surgery will probably agree with me. Do not have that surgery unless you absolutely have no other choice. Believe me, no. they are painful. What that did to my body, though, is deteriorate me even more because my immune system was already compromised. And here I am adding more fuel to the fire. So it only ended up reverting to things that made worse to worse in my body. I remember so clearly my husband and I decided to take a trip to Cabo and just go celebrate that finally the worst of the worst we thought was over. And this was in August of 2018. We're yeah. celebrating that I'm finally better. Your back is finally feeling somewhat better. I'm back at work and just so everyone knows, at this point, I'm the vice president, the one and only female vice president of talent acquisition at my company, a huge electrical and construction firm, uh, one of the top leading electrical contractors in the nation. And uh, I was excited. I went back to, to work and I, I just wanted time to go celebrate, right, with my husband. So we're there and we're super excited that we're just relaxing. I'm putting my contacts on and I realize a little tremor in my hand small little, almost unnoticeable, unnoticeable to me, who had been paying attention to every little detail of what's happening in your body. Sure. So I tell my husband and he says, don't worry about it. It's just probably nothing. We'll go to the doctor when we, when we get back home. Four days later, my hand is actually not shaking. Now it's not just a little tremor. Now it's my whole entire hand. Mm -hmm. I immediately started getting all sorts of therapy for my hands nothing worked instead of getting better. Uh, my Both of my hands, now it wasn't just one, now it was, both hands were shaking. And that just began a series of, we really don't know what's happening because it was like pulling a little thread, one thing after another. My, my only hands started shaking, I started feeling like I was being electrocuted day in and day out. And I mean, physically, I recruited people, electricians for a living. And I felt like I was being electrocuted every single day. <laughs> electrocuted. Yeah. It was it was just beyond nuts. On top of that, I feel like I'm being stabbed all throughout my body. And this is consistent day and night. Meanwhile, I am convincing myself I am going forward no matter what. I'm not letting this stop me. And you were so, you were you were working during all this. I'm working and I am telling my body I'm in charge of you. So I kept on going, 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 and ignored every signal that my body gave me. Fast forward to December of 2018. 
the same tingling, hence the needle sensation, the, the constant tremors, and the now the feeling of being electrocuted in my upper extremities, I start to feel them in the lower extremities too, beginning with my feet mm. all the way up to my legs. And just thinking about it, sitting here brings those horrific memories of the agony of fighting my mindset and convincing myself that what I had already experienced from my upper extremities, I was not going to start feeling the wrath of now the rest of my body. And I had to literally give myself consistent therapy of you will be fine. You will be fine. And you know what? More than anything, it wasn't therapy. It was going back to biblically knowing that if something was coming, that God was already, he had already prepared everything that I needed to be just at rest, that things were going to be okay. And it was hard. Let me tell you, it was hard. Sure. I don't care that I'm a pastor's wife. I don't care that I'm a very dedicated person to, to God in knowing that I will be okay. When you're yeah. tested, when you're actually confronted with the reality, you do get questioned even in your own mind. So mm. convincing my mind that I was going to be okay was the toughest part. But it was at the beginning of the year because that was the fastest in most, I would say, without even, it almost felt like it was without skipping a beat that led to a fast paralysis. I remember one day that meanwhile, this is, I'm experiencing a lot of stress at work. And during this, I'm telling myself and everyone at work that this is just something temporary. No one really knows the reality of what I'm actually dealing with every single day because yeah. I didn't want to verbalize it either. I didn't want to tell it out there and basically have the whole world know that I'm going sure. through this situation because I'm convinced that I'm going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So as all of this is happening, I went to a meeting that really changed my life. I got destroyed in that meeting, my confidence, my everything. And I remember telling myself, I need to make a change, but I didn't even know how. I knew I needed to do it, not only for my own health, but also if I wanted to be alive, to be able to even be here for my kids. So I went home that day and I just remember crawling into my bed and and saying, God, help me. What most people don't know is that that day I left the office with the intent of going home to just hug my family and I thought I was going to die. Mm. The pain was so much in my body that I can't even articulate how getting up and facing myself with very little ability to walk at this point. Actually, it, I was in just so much pain. I can't even begin to, to describe the severity of it. I attempted two hours later to get up from my bed. And when I went to get up, I held myself up, or so I, at least I attempted to, and fell flat on my face. Hmm. All right. You're fine. You're fine. That was the last time that I could walk. I was fully, fully paralyzed, head to toe. But my mind was completely sharp the whole entire time. 
I literally went from a normal healthy weight of 120 pounds all in one year to about 90 pounds. And during that time, I had to be okay with others doing things for me. Mm-hmm. My hair, brushing my teeth. And, you know, it's one of the hardest things that I learned that as humans, we, we like our ego and we love our ego being really inflated. Here I am, super successful individual. And in my mind, this could never happen to someone like me. And it did. And I knew I needed a, a miracle. I knew it, I knew I needed a, a miracle desperately. I went to over 16 doctors. None of them could figure out what was going on. As we fast forward to now I'm fully paralyzed and you still don't know what to do. I'm at home completely paralyzed with almost very little ability to even eat because nothing would actually stay in my stomach. Even water liquid would just blurb out. Mm-hmm. No one again could land on what was actually really happening. All we knew is that we had, I had a lot of activity going on in my liver and they kept on asking, do you drink? And I'm like, yeah, water I do. But that's about it. I've never had an alcoholic beverage in my life that at all or lost control for, you know, any a substance yeah. or anything. So I'm like, no. So they can find the root. Anyway, the somehow God just simply allowed for me to pass out one day in my husband's arms. And that allowed my husband to follow my line. I woke up in the in uh, in the hospital. I don't know what really happened. I really don't know whether if I had a heart attack in that moment or just if we passed out, the doctors said that they couldn't even figure it out themselves. But that was really the beginning of, we need to we need to figure out what's really happening. And instead of getting better, I'm getting worse. My husband is reaching out to you throughout this whole entire process. And you're, you're part of this whole story and this journey more than, than anyone else really, because you were the, the person that my husband leaned on during this whole entire time, as I am getting worse, the doctors consistently kept on saying the same thing. It's stress, it's stress. Now, I don't know about you, but I've never met a person that went paralyzed because of stress, but here I am, you know, without any answers. So fast forward to, you know, just a couple of weeks within the hospital, they still can't figure anything out. I start to actually start inhaling my food starts going down in the wrong pipe and I start coughing and start gagging every time that I eat and that led to now oh Wilson husband we now have to intubate Myra because something is happening within her lungs they've shut down completely and we don't even know if we can actually get her to come back at this point but we will attempt they sent me into ICU I was aware, again, my mind was always sharp throughout this whole entire process. So they told me they, they needed to induce me into a coma. And I remember looking out the window and of course I had high uh, medication for the pain. So that actually did make me hallucinate a little bit. And I remember looking out the window and telling my husband, wow, we're in our second honeymoon. Those were the last words my husband heard before I start gagging again. They get him out of the hospital room that I'm in and they rush to get me into ICU and into intubated much faster than we thought because I started coughing so much. 
I remember, let me just, let me just pause for a second. Um, looking back now, it's, 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 it's a little humorous, but then it wasn't, but your husband would call me and tell me some of the things that you were saying in those, those moments of where you're, you weren't quite lucid. Yeah. Um, tell me, what were some of them? I'm trying to remember, but one of them, he said, if I remember right, it had something to do with either, either your mother or your grandmother. I'm trying to remember. It's been, you know, four or five years ago now. So, um, but I remember him saying, she's just not talking correctly, Pastor. She's just seeing things. And, yes. And, I'll tell um, you one of the ones that he probably called you about. It, this is probably I can try to remember, but go ahead. I know which one it was. It was, I was hallucinating that my mother and my two yes. daughters were being harassed, molested, or even that's what it was by these two people that were clearly just trying to harm them. And I was convinced that they were right behind us and I could hear them actually that's what doing it was. this kind of stuff. Yeah. So my husband, because he wouldn't listen, and at this point, um, because none of this is humorous, like you said, because there's something yeah. serious was happening in that room. They put a camera, the doctors put a camera in my room because they were so distraught with them trying to figure out what was going on and they couldn't, that they decided to put a camera in my room to watch everything that's happening, what I'm being fed, I'm supposing, wow. Wow. Uh, maybe because they were afraid that, that a potential lawsuit was coming, who knows? What I do know is that there's this camera that's watching me and I'm watching this little red button that's, you know, flashing <laughs> And I'm thinking it's the bad guys. It's the one bad guys, my mom bad guys. and my two and my two kids. So um, I tell my husband. I know it wasn't funny then. It wasn't funny then, but it is now. As he leans in, I literally legit bit his ear, and I said, <laughs> "Listen to you me." You took you took a page from Mike Tyson's playbook. <laughs> He said, hey, to I'm me. glad I didn't come near you. You could have bit my other arm off. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been catastrophic. You kind of need the only one you have. I would so, have been uh, to wear so a left Wilson, t-shirt. <laughs> so Wilson proceeds, but actually after getting his ear bit, he proceeds to grab the trash can, wraps it behind me so that I couldn't see him. And he starts beating it against the wall. And then he goes, okay, I've got the bad guys. So with oh, tears in my eyes, I you're said, bringing it, you're okay. bringing it back to my mind. Now. I, remember that. <laughs> I got the bad guys. He, he told me, he goes, I just beat the trash can against the wall. And I remember when he told me that we were both, I think we were on the phone. I may, it may have been when I went, one of the times I went to see you in the hospital, but uh, I remember laughing. I said, I know that's not funny, but that's funny. It's just yeah. funny. <laughs> you really helped my parents as well, because my, my parents were, were all here. Everyone ended up coming out. Uh, you really helped them to not just be in the moment of experiencing what was in their mind potentially coming, but you constantly gave them words of wisdom to stay uh, not only focused on expecting that miracle, but you also gave them humor and thank you for that. Well, it really meant a lot to them. I think sometimes I, I get onto myself because I use I use humor a little too much, but I think we have to understand that you know this life it it, it is difficult at times, but yes. God God promised an abundant life, and I think we have to we have to experience that in every 
struggle, in every trial, we have to have this abundance. I hope you enjoyed this first part, part one of this story. What an incredible story if you're watching this. I hope that you enjoyed this. If you're listening to this, I hope that you enjoyed it. We're going to be launching in just a few days, part two. You don't want to miss it. Have an incredible day. And remember, you too can overcome. Just put your mind to it and trust in what God has put in you to do great things. He's able to work through us. It's an amazing adventure, this thing called life. God bless you.